You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. I forgot that you existed. Hey. Hey. Uh, I really need to learn the words. You know, next time. I thought it would kill me, but it didn't. <gasps> Amen. Wow. That's what she says. Okay. I thought it would kill me, but it didn't. Ding, 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 ding. I need and to... I'm nasally, so I can't properly. I can't properly hit the notes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. With what was my I looking gifted at? I already voice. forgot what I was looking at. What the lyrics. Okay, thank you. Oh, oh, just listen. Oh, my gosh. This is good. I'm telling you. She's like an okay. icon of our generation. How many days did I spend thinking about how you did me? Wrong, wrong, wrong. Lived in the shade you were throwing till all of my sunshine was gone, gone, gone. gone. And I couldn't get away from you. Yeah. And my feelings were the drinks. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Living in my mind. But then something happened one magical night. I forgot that you existed. Hey, hey. And I thought that it would kill me, but it didn't. No, ma'am. Nope. No, but didn't. No. Nope. Hey. Hey. And what was it? And it was so nice. <laughs> so peaceful and <laughs> I hear you. I forgot that you existed. Hey. Oh, hey, this hey, is, uh-huh. Hey. It isn't love, it isn't hate, it's just indifference. Down, down, down. Ooh. And I would have stuck around for ya. Would have fought the whole town, so yeah. Front row. Oh, front row. Came to your soul, but you showed who you are one magical night. Yes, you did. I, for- oh. I, I forgot that, that you existed. existed. Oh, oh, oh. And I thought that it would kill me, but it didn't. Ooh, ooh. And guess what? This, here we- this is where we are. And it was so nice. <laughs> so peaceful and quiet. I forgot that you existed. Mm. That's honestly the best intro to this episode that we're getting into. You know what I'm saying? Yes. However, I do want to just say that I agree with all of her lyrics except except (laughs) the part that she forgot the 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 lesson. lesson. Yes. (laughs) Taught me some hard lessons. I just forgot what they were. It's all just, no, honey. We got to get, it's a blur because your brain, okay. Anyway, (laughs) we won't psychoanalyze. It's fine. Yeah, no. I mean, I remember the lesson. Exactly. And and that's what she got to do. And that's That's what what we're going to get into. Yes. And you know what? Listen, that wasn't all from pettiness. It was just all from indifference. (laughs) You can't even say it without laughing. (laughs) Let's be honest. Percentage. What percentage petty? What percentage indifference? (laughs) What percentage hate? Because I feel... Okay, listen. What percentage love? Here's the thing. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Because you go through all of them, and then you get to indifference. Amen. Maybe. Wait, if are you, you like yourself. really asking me the percentage though? No, you don't have to answer that. I like, will though. Okay, answer it. I think you know because we gotta be honest for our listeners, exactly. like we always are. So our authentic self. Okay, so oh, wait, are we doing all of them like love, hate, petty? 
petty. Indifference. <laughs> Indifference. Okay, okay, okay. And obviously love. they're different, like, Listen, a different level. Listen, on a human being level, love. Uh-huh. I love all humans. Solid 10%. <laughs> Currently. Is Currently. this current? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Petty. 30%. <laughs> I will. I'll take that. That's pretty good. 30%. That's honest. Yeah. What was the other one? Hate. Hate. Honestly, a five. Good. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So what's that add up to? 45%. All three of those. That That's actually really so good. fast. You did that math so fast. I know. I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> so for, and then like. 55. 55% indifference. Yeah. That's amazing, honestly. Yeah. I'll say because like a lot of that, like at the beginning, 5% was probably indifference. So you could do the math on the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the let's go back to the first four episodes. That, yeah. Yeah. Our <laughs> listeners are probably like, who are y'all talking about? Well, we are going to be talking about. <laughs> that was such a smooth transition. Sorry. Okay. Start over. No. <laughs> Like, you fucking ruined it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the mirror between the two, my mother and my ex. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so we've had, we've talked about your ex. We've talked about your mother now. And we've mentioned throughout many episodes mm-hmm. how those two are similar. And yeah. it makes sense that I would attract that type of relationship in my life. Yeah. I mean, I know that you've mentioned like a mirror several times and I feel like a lot of listeners are probably like, what fucking mirror are you talking yeah, about? Like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> and so this episode is kind of explaining that mirror between Alexis's mom and her past relationship. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> Because you do you feel uncomfortable? Yeah, but also you have funny faces. I do have funny faces. But I, I think I am realizing that I'm using more of my laughs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, like like the last well, honestly when we were listening to it in the car, I was like, yeah, we were just like, hmm, this is heavy. Let's laugh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I think just how the two correlates with each other is just very important. Yeah. And I honestly processing out my mother wound was so it, it was just an added gift to my healing process mm-hmm. to be honest yeah so I think I'm ready to talk about more things of why I was triggered so much in my past relationship mm-hmm. because it stemmed all from my mother and how I have even more revelations mm-hmm. now about my past relationship Right. I like that you said I'm ready because what she means is like, I feel like you can't really talk about something that you don't truly have a grip on, like a, a really, understanding. yeah, a really grip, what? A really good grip on like, what the hell happened? You know, like, yeah. so the full understanding, I should have just said full understanding, but yeah, you get it. Yeah. I wanted to be like, grip. <laughs> <clears throat> I keep coughing. Yeah. Well, that's what sick people do. <laughs> Cause you're just sicky. You're just sicky. You're girl. just sicky. You're girl. just sicky. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it's easier to process things once you're completely out of it, too. Yes. So I'm com- I've completely been out of it. Exactly. For a while now. Mm-hmm. Thank the Lord. Um. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to get into it. And also, there's so much things that we didn't bring up. In the first four episodes, like, a lot. Actually, yeah. like, a ton. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, y'all probably got, like, 15% of the story. Yeah. Well, and also... We'll say 20. I will say, and also it was so fresh, too, sort yeah. of. You know what I mean? No, it like, actually kind of was. I yeah. was still going through it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you got to hear in the midst of it. You know what I mean? And then it's been a process throughout this whole year. And I think that's kind of the cool thing about Mm -hmm. the podcast is that you get to see that process. You get to see the slow change and the mental state and the thought process and all that stuff. So I think that's Well, and that's what's beautiful too is like, and that's what our podcast truly is 
a big part of our podcast is like, hey, come and be messy with us. Like yeah. you're still loved and cared for and enough and you still matter most of all in the mess. Exactly. Because in the mess is where you encounter compassion and love and true healing and truth. Yeah. So I think it's, I love that about our podcast and about my story too. Exactly. Both Me of too. our stories. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've said the mirror. Okay. So when have you, or when did you start realizing that your ex was kind of mirroring your mom? So we all love to talk about the honeymoon phase. Yes. That's a, <laughs> a hot topic. Yeah. Well, the honeymoon phase was always great, I guess. But obviously you realize like you're blind to some of the red flags in any sort of relationship at the honeymoon phase. Right. Okay. So question, whenever you say, uh, the honeymoon phase was great, I guess, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, it was it great in the moment? And then now looking back at what, like, what did you mean by that? Well, yeah, it was great in the moment. Okay. But now looking back at it, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. I, understand I mean, that. not to take anything away of like how I felt about him, because right. let's I let's not pretend that I didn't love him. I truly liked him, truly loved him. Yeah, it was just like now, just this person that I am now, like this Alexis. Yeah, if she were to be that Alexis, then it just wouldn't affect me. I I'm with you. Does that make sense? Because yep. it's just like. Some of the things you did, I probably wouldn't. Like, we would have not. You would have been like, no. Yeah, like, I would have not continued with you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which, yes, but then it's like, but if this Alexis now had never gone through that, would you have? Yeah, would I be the Alexis that I am now? Exactly. Exactly. It's a weird thought. Okay. It is. It is. (laughs) It's like like the Marvel multi-universe type stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so the honeymoon phase was great. It was fine, but I guess, sorry, there was little things that I picked up because you have like little fights here and there. And I do remember this one fight. I don't want to get in the details of it mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll take ownership. I kind of, I hate using the word overreactive, like overreacting because people weaponize that word a lot towards women. But, but in this case I did, I was super triggered. Mm-hmm. And so my mother wound, my abandoned wound, came to the surface like full throttle. See, but here's the thing, though, is that wasn't an overreaction for you. Like, that was an appropriate reaction. Right. Right. And if we were, like, both mature and, like, really – and if I gave details, then, like, we both did something wrong in that moment. Right. And so, like, I felt a little – dismissive by him and then he felt because like I've said in the past like I am in the past I've been a very aggressive communicator right so I I'll admit in that relationship I was very aggressive when I was mad Mm -hmm. and I would say things because I was hurt I would say things to hurt him yeah and it wasn't as bad in the beginning because Obviously, there were certain things that weren't happening around that time <laughs> mm-hmm. that didn't make me fully go bitch mode, I guess. <laughs> and so, although, like, me reacting to his cheating and all that really manipulative, dehumanizing stuff isn't yeah an overreaction. But anyways, going back to, like, the first fight we had, how I reacted to him... It broke trust with him mm-hmm. and 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 it triggered in him his wounds from his family. Right. I don't want to get too much into that because that's not my story to tell. Right. And I want to honor that. Yeah. But it did bring a lot up for me. And I think what I realized with him, especially when I think of their early stages of our relationship I was really just trying to get him to meet the needs that my parents never met for me mm. and I didn't realize it in the moment I truly didn't because I just wanted someone right to love me quote unquote in a certain way 
mm-hmm. which is fine. It's okay to give people the roadmap to your heart and how you want to be loved and all that stuff. But when it's rooted in this little child that's inside you who's very wounded and didn't get her needs met or his needs met and you're just searching for a significant other to redeem or meet the needs that your parents never did Mm -hmm. you're making them your god complex yeah you're making them your main source and it can quickly get unhealthy and spiral and so that's what i was doing i i was putting him I was putting him in a position where he had to meet where I wanted him to meet all my needs and be the family that I didn't have. Yeah. I I mean, it makes sense, though, because it's like a majority of your life, you never felt like those basic needs, you know what I mean, of like feeling loved and secured and safe. And so you're like, okay, well, I didn't get that where I'm supposed to, so I really in any other relationship that I get into, I really need them to, I need them to do this for me. I need them to fill this up for me. Kind of like I think about behavior. Yeah. (laughs) She winked. I think about behavior because like we have um, these things called like target behavior. So that's like the things that we want to change or that aren't working. And then we have like replacement behaviors. And so we're like, we were wanting to find something to replace that. And so that's exactly kind of what you were doing is you're like, okay, well, I had something that wasn't working, which I didn't get safety, security, love consistently with my family. So I'm trying to find a replacement for that. And it was like a, I don't know, I'm thinking about like a puzzle piece. Like I'm trying yeah. to keep putting these puzzle pieces in this mm-hmm. spot that, mm-hmm. that doesn't fit. Well, because what's really happening there is like, you're not paying attention to your wounds. No. You're really just dismissing yourself in that moment. And you're not allowing these to come up to get healed. Instead, when things come up, you're just dismissing it. And so this little girl, this little wounded boy or little wounded girl inside of you is like, okay, if you're not going to fucking listen to me, I'm sure they're not cussing. (laughs) But if you're not going to listen to me, then I'm going to do what I can to survive. And that's and not being so much pain and agony. So I want to point out, like whenever Alexis says that, I'm gonna do what I need to survive, oftentimes we talk about bleeding on others, and I think that's exactly what that is. So you you bleed on others because your wound, you're not you're not patching it, you're not healing it, you're not doing anything to help it. It's just flowing yeah. out, like. And without you even realizing, as you're bleeding on others, you're being so destructive in your behavior. Mm-hmm. And my communication with him was tend to be destructive at times and I'll admit it it's a really hard pill to swallow especially sane when it comes to that type of relationship yeah but I will own that like I was destructive in the way I communicated to him and I did say some things that I wish I could take back yeah I mean, and that's, here's the hard part is I know we talk a lot about like the compassion piece, but it's like, we know that you said things that obviously you can't take back and that were harsh, but we also know where those words were coming from. You know what I mean? It's that compassion piece like, it makes sense that you did that. Now, is it like saying that that behavior was okay? No, it's just saying, I understand where it was coming from. Yeah. But I think the reason why a part of me that realizes like wow it was so destructive and I wish I could take some of the things that I said to him back because of like most importantly I it was detrimental to my soul because I know that's not who I am yeah and I acted out in a behavior of hurt and a lot of pain and in a lot of blame yeah I was in the blaming game and I wanted to blame him for everything yeah instead of take some ownership and it, it was detrimental to my soul and my healing process. So I that's why I'm like, oh, just for myself, I wish I could take it back because I know that I'm better than that. But also yeah. that compassion piece of like, hey, your love's still in that messy part of you and that ugly part of you. Um, it's still lovable. But then also like I wish I could take it back because he's a human being. Just yeah. because he dehumanized me doesn't mean that I have to dehumanize him with yeah. my words. Yeah. 
And so that's that's the part that I that's my only regret in that right <laughs> <laughs> in that relationship. But then there was other things too, because once I started putting him as my God complex and as my main source, and of course he's gonna fail me. Yeah, because he can't. He he can't be that for me. It spiraled in an unhealthy way, and this is when we get into all like. You know, when the really, like, in the trenches, the past, like, the last, like, two years of our relationship, I guess, was all, like, honestly, I'm not going to get into it because we did a full four episodes on right. it. So you can just go back and listen to it. But when it got really bad yeah, and he would always come back and cry to me and beg for forgiveness, it reminded uh, me of my mom. As I was listening to the mother wound episodes, because I was editing it and all that shit, I I was, like, seeing a lot of, like, whoa, are we talking about my ex here or are we talking about my mother, you know? Right. Because he would come back and cry to me and beg for my forgiveness, and then I would take him back and... This is going to sound like I laugh when I think about it. He would say to me, the reason why we aren't healing and moving on is because I don't forgive him and won't trust him Mm. after Mm. everything he did. So it's like my fault for his behavior and And why we can't move forward. Holy shit. Like it's so warped. Right. And so it reminds me of what my mom (laughs) But I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm, like, just kind of, I mean, because I know this. We've already talked about, like, I already know this. But, like, you just saying it again, I'm like, girl, when you talk about a mirror, I mean (laughs) step by step every fucking thing that she did, he did. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just the behavior was so similar. Similar. Mm -hmm. And and every time you say that, I'm like, what? Like, you did the action. I'm just responding to it. Yeah. And that means I'm not going to trust you so easily. Mm -hmm. He's used to trust so easily. Yeah. But not with me. I don't do that. And then whenever in him like blowing up my phone, not respecting my space like at all and not respecting my decisions and what I want or respecting how I feel at all. And then him showing up at my place uninvited, banging on my door, making his existence known when I wouldn't answer or respond to any of those phone calls or texts like that felt very unsafe for me mm-hmm. and my mom would show up randomly you know we yeah. discussed that in the last episode like that wasn't the only time where she would show up and surprise me like she found out where me and my dad and my brother lived and she would show up there like it it he and it was just the first time in my life, like, when I moved into this apartment with Jen, it was the first time in my life where I, like, created a space where... Oh, I'm going to get emotional. Dang it. That's okay. It was just the first time in my life where I had created a space for me, where I and cultivated safety within my home, and it was just my space where I know that I could feel safe, and he would come and disrupt that. Yeah. And so it just reminded me a lot of my mother. Like, you love me, but you don't have the capacity to love me properly. Mm. And so it reminded me a lot of these little girl thoughts that I had believed in for so long of like, well, then it must be me why you don't have the capacity to love me properly. Like, it's me that's not good enough to make you be a better person. Yeah, It's me that's not good enough for you to just stop. This be destructive behavior. It's me that's not good enough for you to just realize, like, oh, my God, I love this person. What am I doing? Why do I keep doing this? Yeah. Damn. I'm sorry. I'm just, like, yeah. processing because that's, that's a lot because, like, not only are you – you're already having those thoughts and then you're also having their words kind of affirming those thoughts. It is your fault. You just need to forgive me. You need to do this. You're a Christian. Why won't you forgive me? You know what I mean? Like you were already playing the blaming game on yourself and then they would also do that too. So it's hard not to internalize that and be like, wow, 
this is a me thing. Like, I am the issue here when, in fact, those are total lies. Yeah. And I think, like, it's so weird because, like, if you put their statements on a on a piece of paper, right, mm-hmm. and you read out, like, oh, you have to forgive me. Mm-hmm. We won't – we can't move forward until you forgive me. And without any context, if you were to read that, like, yeah, you're right. Right. There's a form of like, yes, that statement is correct, but you're warping it and manipulating it and twisting it for your gain. Like you're not actually doing it for the benefit of each other's hearts. Yeah. You're doing it for the benefit of you. So you can just continue to do the things that you're doing. Yeah. And you don't have to feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. Like that's what's so twisted about it. And to be honest, to call you to call like people out who do it, what you're actually doing is what the devil does. Mm. he doesn't lie he just twists the truth, the truth. he manipulates yeah. what the bible already says right Ooh, that's a hard pill to swallow so it's a characteristic that you're imitating of the devil yeah and i don't mean to like over spiritualize it but it's just that's just how it is yeah i didn't think about it that way but now that you say it it makes sense and like we're human we tend to do that i, I mean i'm like, I've done that before. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that I was doing it. Mm-hmm. But when I finally looked at my actions and realized, like, whoa, this is not me. I don't want to be this person. Why am I twisting everything? Right. And then now it's easier for me to see it when other people do it because I grew up with it. Yeah, like, and I, I also recognize it. attracted a relationship like it. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about, we've talked about the mirror. But, like, why – I want you to go into a little bit deeper about, like, why do you think that you attracted that relationship? Like we're saying that, you know, your mom was this way. And so it makes sense that you attracted somebody who's similar, but why does it make sense? Yeah. I think because of the fact that I was living in denial for almost 15 years of my life of the loss of my mom Mm -hmm. And the fact that I had a mother wound and it really did affect me and I wasn't getting honest about it. Like my little girl was just searching for redemption. Mm-hmm. I wasn't listening to her. I wasn't being honest with myself of how my childhood affected me and how hurt and the gravity of the pain that I endured. Yeah. And I think my little girl has just always wanted redemption and so, oh my God. No. And so when I saw him, and I mentioned this in, in the beginning of the episode, when I first saw him, he doesn't know this, I could just see, like, that we are the same in some way, that we felt alone. That we were wounded and we just wanted redemption for our childhood. Yeah, you like connected I could, on that level. I sensed that mm-hmm. in him for the first moment I saw him. I could see it. And so I, I guess just for the longest time, I thought that this is the way God was going to give me my redemption mm-hmm. was through him. Mm-hmm. And... And I did love him. I really did. I really did love him. And I cared for him very deeply. So that's all a part of it. But the reason why I stayed for so long when he was being very destructive and dehumanizing the last two years was because I was really just praying for redemption that I didn't get with my mom. Yeah. And like I said, I just, my little girl just really needed a mom. And I thought I could get some sort of that need met through him. Mm-hmm. I know it doesn't make sense to some people when I say that, but it makes complete sense to me. No, it does make sense because we're talking about you going through your whole life, having a mom like you did, that whole story, you just listened to it, okay? Um, never saw redemption there still doesn't still, there's no ownership still, you know what I mean? Like it's been almost 27 years of you being on this earth and it's still, you know what I mean? Still not happening. And so it makes sense that, okay, well I'm in this relationship and, and I'm not talking about the beginning of the relationship cause it's like, he didn't start reminding you of your mom right at the beginning, you know, yeah, obviously no. it took 
it took a little bit to get into it. Um, but it's almost like, okay, well, once you started seeing the similarities, I feel like subconsciously it was just like, Hey, I recognize this. Ooh, this is kind of hit like this feels okay. This can sound weird, but this feels safe because I'm used to this. Yeah. Like this is what I'm used to. Mm, but maybe, maybe this is the, where I can get that little, like, this is where I can get healing. Yes. That little mm-hmm. hole in my heart. This is where I can get healing. Maybe this is why God has brought him here. You know what I mean? Like there's all these things that were going in your head. I feel like subconsciously. And so you're like, no, no, no. Like it's going to happen. My redemption is going to happen. No, no, no. It's coming. No, I know it's coming. God's going to provide. No, no, no. I know. You know what I mean? But like you said in the other episode, like I did have redemption, just not in the way that I thought I was going to have redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that's the thing, like going back to the first mother wound part one in the beginning of the episode, like I do say like the mother wound because of the loss of a female role model in your life, like a mother, like a nurturing mother, you didn't have that, especially in your like pivotal years. Like, yes, I had a mom in my pivotal years. I had a mother in my pivotal years, but not a mom. Yeah. Because she was just so not functioning as a human being that I missed out on things that I deserved as a little girl. And so it does tend to attract statistically toxic relationships, patterns of behavior of these types of relationships going back and forth. And it's not just him that I went back and forth with. Like, it's been a pattern and a theme in my life where I would be, I would like someone or I'd be involved with somebody and it's just that whole like back and forth thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's not a pattern just with this one relationship. Like, no, it was, it was like with the relationship before that, you know, like, yeah, yeah. (sighs) At least the ones that were on a deeper level yeah you know what I mean that just surface level conversations like these were people who you've had deep conversations with like intimate moments intimate. with mm-hmm. not I'm not talking about physically I'm talking about like emotionally <laughs> emotionally spiritually. yeah exactly well and I did want to mention like he would always like use me as like the scapegoat like I would always be the reason for things mm-hmm. when shit would come up when bad things would happen and I am the scapegoat in my family I was Mm -hmm. a scapegoat with my mom Uh, I'm still the scapegoat in my family now like it's it's hard and I and I've expressed in these past like two years I've expressed a lot of things to my family especially my dad and my aunt that I never thought I would express to them and it's helped. It's definitely helped. But when you lived in a family for so long to where it felt unsafe, like over two decades mm-hmm. and not using your voice and not feeling like it mattered, it doesn't just end with one conversation or two conversations or five or ten. Like it really starts with action yeah. being implemented. And I love my family. I do. I really do love them. But family is still such a hard topic for me. And just like my exes, my ex and his family just reminded me a lot of my family. Yeah. They were just so similar mm-hmm. in a lot of senses. And that makes sense, though, why y'all connected so deeply, though, because it's mm-hmm. like feels like we lived a parallel life, like mm-hmm. something very similar. And so you guys could connect on those deep things that not a lot of people can connect on. Yeah. And it's weird, like, talking about it. I have, like, a sense of, like, I still just have, like, a sense of understanding for him because I'm like, I get it. Like, if I didn't realize why I did all the things I did two years ago, I would still be acting like him. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like, men and women, we've said this before, too, men and women can have the same wounds, but because we are so vastly different in our feminine and masculine that we will react out of them differently. Yeah. And so me and him can be similar, but how we respond or react out of our wounds completely different. Mm-hmm. And you see that. You see that in 
the episodes about the whole relationship. You see that in the wounds. You see that now. You know what I mean? You can see the difference. It's just, uh, I don't know. My heart just like feels, I don't know, like sad. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like it just feels sad, but it also feels like at the same time proud, which sounds weird. Sad and proud don't go together. Um, but more in bittersweet. The, yeah, it's like a bittersweet thing just because like I'm sad that you've experienced all of those things. You know what I mean? But I'm proud of what you've done with those experiences. Yeah, and and that's that's what I love like well, I have appreciated about me so much. Yeah, like because you should. Because statistically, one third of people who are abused in childhood will become abusers themselves. Mm. That's a big number. That's interesting that you said that because, like, I remember for a long time you would say, I don't want to be my mom. I'm not going to be my mom. You know what I mean? Like, you were, like, predetermined. It's almost like you knew that statistic and you were like, I don't, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be that. But if I'm just being honest here, it thinking back now, it does kind of scare me. Like, if you never went through this healing process, like, do you think that you might? And I'm not saying like your mom. But I'm saying, like, similar qualities as far as, like, the abu- the pattern of abuse. Like, does that make sense? No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I genuinely believe if I hadn't had gone through, if I didn't choose to end this cycle for myself and get taken care of and choose myself for once, I would have ended up like my mom or worse. I just, I just yeah. believe that. Because the cycle, as you continue in a cycle, it just keeps getting worse and worse the longer you're in it, especially a generational cycle. Exactly. It gets worse and worse as you're in it. Oh my God. I like have the chills all over my body. So I, I definitely, and that, that was always, and I'm glad you brought that up and reminded me of that because my biggest fear for the longest time was, oh my God, I'm scared. I'm going to turn out like my mom. Yeah. And sometimes when you fear so much and you decide to partner with that fear, you end up becoming that fear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And and so I think that's what I saw so much of my mom and my ex. But also I saw so much of myself. I saw so much of my mom in myself. I was going to ask that. How I would react to my ex's behavior. It was destructive, yes. It was very deceiving and manipulative, yes. But the way I reacted to it almost kind of scared me because it was like my mom. Yeah. And then here comes the compassion piece because it makes sense because that's all you saw. That's all you knew. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So how do you react differently when you don't know differently? But that's the beautiful thing about now is you chose to do something about it. You recognized it. You realized this is not good. This is not okay. This is not how I want to live. And I'm going to do something about it. I feel like a lot of people recognize that piece. They recognize this is not who I want to be, but they never do something about it. You right. Know what I mean, and that's what sets you apart. Exactly. And statistically, like abusive children, how it affects their adulthood is like it can cause the victims to feel isolated, fear and distrust, mm-hmm. which I did feel, which can translate into lifelong psychological consequences that can manifest as educational difficulties, which I did have, um, low self-esteem, which I did have, depression, trouble forming and maintaining relationships. I had all of these. Yeah. But statistically also one in third, like one in three people who have been abused one in three of them will turn out to be abusers. Yeah. And so my mom was abused when she was younger and she became an abuser. And I did not want to do that. So that's where when I look at my life, when I look at my life and when all those thoughts start creeping in of, well, I didn't, I never got my redemption that relationship didn't heal. My mom is still the person that she is, if not worse. And my ex is still, you know, well, I don't really know him. I don't really talk to him anymore. But, like, I didn't get my redemption from that relationship. 
every time I find myself starting to believe that lie of like, well, no, if I look at my life and where I'm at and who I am and how much healing and freedom I've got, I statistically shouldn't be here right now. I should be dead because I was depressed. Mm-hmm. Not only should I be dead in my adult life when I was 25, 24, like I should have died when I was a kid when my mom was trying to kill me. Yeah. You know, so I shouldn't be here right now. And the fact that I am is such a miracle. And the fact that I've conquered all of that and in my lowest, my lowest part of my life, because this relationship really opened up. I'm thankful for this relationship and the way I would never go through it again, but how it, how it like, how it opened up and was an invitation for me to realize a lot of things that were affecting me and the gravity of my life and how painful it was and to get honest with myself and allowed me to really truly encounter God and how much he really does love me and how I got to really encounter his character and love and compassion, not through these Christians who are very judgmental, let's just be honest, but I got to actually encounter God's love and heart for me and how he sees me in those moments and what he, and what he wanted for my life and how he is such a kind person and grieved with me <laughs> and I just got to know him from a personal level through all these experiences and I got to realize who I truly am and what he wants for my life now and just realizing that I can conquer this and that he's given me authority and he's given me power and I am like a phoenix from the ashes. I like I like I really do feel like that and it really felt like I was going through hell these past three years. It yeah. felt like hell. It felt like I was going through fire. Like every part of me was just crawling in my skin because of how painful everything was. But I just I got honest with myself and now I'm just seeing the fruits of it. Like, I really am seeing the fruits of it. So it's like good old Selena Gomez says in her documentary, like, that relationship, the ending of that relationship was the best thing that has ever happened to me yeah. because of what I chose to do after. Mm. I've had the chills several times throughout this episode. <laughs> You're good. It just, uh, I don't know. I'm feeling so many things, which is crazy because, I mean, I know because, like, we're so connected. And, like, but, yeah, you. we are. So, yeah. Um, but, but I don't, like, I don't even know that I can fully, like, find the words, like, to articulate just, like, how, like, mind-blowing your story is to me. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Because I w- I'm, like, how I'm just this happy now, like, truly. Not even, like, uh, yes, that. But I feel like, okay, maybe because, like, Alexis and I have been friends for so long. Over 10 years. Over 10 years. And, like, I feel like as we got deeper in our friendship, like, she's shown me or told me or allowed me to know bits and pieces, right? Because she's still processing, too. But, like, bits yeah. and pieces of her childhood and all that stuff. But I feel like the past two episodes it's almost like I've gotten to see like the actual full picture of it you know what I mean not just like a tad bit here and a tad bit there like literally beginning to end full picture and like it still really does just blow my mind that like the Alexis that I met 10 years ago was going through all that shit. You know what I mean? Because like I, I'd said it on the other episode, but I really wouldn't have guessed. Like I really wouldn't have known. And so, but now as we've gone through the healing process, like I know that those were protectors. I know that you like it to me, it's, it's weird thinking back to when we first met or when we were first friends for like that first, like five years, really honestly. And just like dissecting all of that and realizing uh, it all makes sense. You know what I mean? Like it all makes sense. Everything that Alexis did, how she acted, all those things, it made like, it makes sense. 
And so I feel like throughout the past two episodes and even this one, like I've just been like processing with you almost yeah, in a sense of like, holy cow. Yeah. This is, this is how that's affected you. That, that's why you were searching for these things. That's why you did these things in relationships or even to yourself, you know, like, well, because I had a mother who rejected me. So I partnered with that rejection. So then I started self-rejecting me and then I started attracting people who would reject me and who would reject themselves. So it was just this constant cycle of self-rejection and attack and like attracting other people who self-reject themselves. So it's never going to work out between yeah. us. you know like like you reject yourself I reject me and then obviously we're gonna reject each other I'm gonna abandon you I'm gonna hurt you I'm gonna go through this all these unhealthy cycles try yeah. to get you to meet my needs but you never do so just set you up for, for failure at the very beginning yeah. you know like so it was just it was just that constant cycle of like being so completely unfair to myself but also to another human being yeah And like nobody was ever, and that's, oh my God, that's what I love so much is like, I was always like for my whole life, I was always wanting a savior, a rescuer, a Mm -hmm. prince. Mm -hmm. I was Cinderella who was waiting for her prince. Yeah. And God has been looking at me my whole life. I'm like, like, girl, (laughs) I've given you the power. It's you and me. It's you and me, not another human being. Yeah. And like I was, I was like searching my whole life for another human being to save me and to meet all my needs. And it took until that relationship, a completely failed relationship, failing all my expectations of this human being. Yeah. And God coming in and I'm like, I'm the person that's mm-hmm. going to save you. Yeah. It's you and me, baby girl. It's you and me. Yeah. It's not another person to depend on. It's you and me. And also giving you the confidence like you are more than this. Yeah. You have so much power. You have so much authority on your life. You have so much covering and protection. Allow me to do it. And so I'm glad that another person didn't do this for me or I'm not a person who got married and felt like I'm completely saved and whole now that I'm married. Yeah. It was, it took me getting connected to myself and to my heart and feeling and getting the love of a father in and becoming whole. And now if I do get married, if I do, if that ever is in the, in like the plan for me, I am a whole person showing up Mm -hmm. and that other person is an addition. Yep. Exactly. And we can conquer the world together because we're two whole people yeah. who are living in freedom. Exactly. Like, I hate that term. I found my other half. What do you mean? I need <laughs> a whole person. Yeah. I don't want half of you. I want the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. I really do think, like, I I like, you know, metaphors. And I really think that, like, I think about you like a Coke bottle. <laughs> Wait, what? And like <laughs> A Coke bottle? Yeah, like like okay. all your life, you know? Like yeah. You gave yourself to your dad. He shook it up. You gave yourself to your mom. She shook it up. You gave yourself to this person. They shook it up. This person shook it up, shook it up, shook it up. And then I feel like... <laughs> I feel like whenever you got with your with the ex and all that, like he shook it up he real. Shook it up, but like he opened the top to the lid. You know he what really I mean? Did. He and really did. And then what happens whenever you shake a fucking coke and you open the <laughs> lid? It fucking ex- explodes. You know, and that's kind of yeah. what happened. Like it exploded, but there's even in that explosion, I still feel like there could have been there's two very different paths that you could have taken, but like, this is going to sound weird, but there's an easy path where you wouldn't have to have put in any work. You could have stayed exactly where you are. You could have stayed depressed. You could have turned that into, I could have gone into a whole nother relationship right after him and just like completely continued the cycle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You could have completely shut off and turned into a whole different, you know, you could have just shut off everything inside of you because I feel like, when I think about depression, I think about hibernation. Yeah. <laughs> like you're hibernating. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel like you could have easily just stayed there. You know what I mean? But you you chose to not stay there. You chose, you know, I don't I don't want to live my life how I was before. I don't want to live my life how I am right now. I don't want to stay in this depressed state. So what I was doing before and what I'm doing now is not working. So I've got to seek help and I've got to find something else. And I think that's beautiful all in itself 
And it took me getting honest with myself and stop living in denial about my life and the way I was living it and and feel the gravity Mm -hmm. of my behavior in my life. Yeah. I say, well, your behavior and like not, you might've just said this, I'm sorry, ADHD brain, but like not denying your reality. Yeah. Yeah. What it was. Stop warping Mm -hmm. my reality and get honest with yourself. Yeah. Which that's the hard part, right? Because your brain does that to try to protect itself, Mm -hmm. but then it's not protecting you. You have to fight against it. That's the lie. (laughs) Unfortunately, your brain is telling you. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing when you live so long disconnected to yourself, your body is going to, your brain's going to turn on you. Okay. So like, (laughs) it's not that. That lie of like, oh, I'm protecting you. I'm protecting you from the pain. That's not serving you. It's not protecting you at all. It's delaying you. Mm-hmm. It's just delaying the pain. And then when that pain comes up again, it's just going to be worse in the way you react. And you're just, you're, your behavior is going to be even more destructive. It's like that cycle gets worse. So it's like tell your brain, stop lying to me. Yeah. Let's get honest with yourself. And what is really going on? And it takes feeling the gravity of your pain, like feeling the full gravity. I had to remind myself of this last night about some things, okay? So it just, you have to feel the gravity of your pain Mm -hmm. and then choose what you're going to do with it. Exactly. Which is saying, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm going to go get some help. I'm going to do what I can to get connected to myself again get connected to the core of who I am my authentic self and heal because that's what I deserve because I matter Mm -hmm. I believed for so long that I didn't matter enough to heal what's going on inside me exactly I think I think we've said this in an episode before but like Alexis was her brain was switched into survival mode for 25 years of her life (laughs) you know what I mean like she operated out of survival Mm-hmm. but you don't have to, like, you don't have to just survive. You know what I mean? We've talked about this. You don't have to just survive anymore. Like you can figure out what you need to do in order to actually live your life and not just try to survive each day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not thriving. You're yeah. not living. You're not actually you're living. Not actu- you're literally just surviving. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's not enough. Like that should not be enough for you. Like, just surviving is not enough, and it takes noticing first, like noticing your behaviors, noticing your thoughts, just like Alexis was saying. So, you know, it feels really good, huh? Like actually talking about this and having a sense, like having a sense of such peace mm-hmm. and understanding, and honestly, a lot of understanding for my mom and my ex. It's so weird. Like it's, I'm not mad. <laughs> you're like, why do I have peace within the chaos? Now it's like. like two percent petty and hatred yeah (laughs) you know like processing all this out it's like there's just so much understanding from a human being level on both of them yeah like I just feel like it's so weird every time when I talk about this and really get connected to my story and myself it's easier for me to get connected to my mom's little girl like her as a little girl and it's super easy for me to get connected to him as a little boy. Yeah. And I just want to hug them. Yeah. And I want to love on them. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like, I know you didn't want to be this way. Yeah. Like, I know you didn't want to hurt me. I know this is not who you are. Yeah. And, like, I just I just want to hug them. And I just, and I understand. And obviously, of course, there's, like, that sense of, like, oh, I wish you didn't, though. Mm-hmm. And, yes, it did affect me but it didn't take me out and I'm still I'm actually better than I ever have been Mm -hmm. and I feel more alive than I ever have not because of you but because of what I chose to do with what you did to me exactly Uh, you you chose to attune to that little girl who's been crying and hitting the walls inside of you for so long right because I mean even earlier Alexis was talking about like you know Basically, she felt, you know, her little girl felt abandoned, didn't feel worthy, all this stuff. But, like, even in Alexis's behaviors, reacting out of that wound, Mm -hmm. she abandoned her little girl, too. You know what I mean? So, like, when you're going through that process, you realize, okay, it wasn't just 
other people who abandoned my little girl. It was me too. Like I abandoned her too. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, sorry, I'm going to what you just said too, but like when you said that, like I, I have so much compassion for those little kids, like, or for the little, little boy and little girl, like I'm literally like, I'm literally picturing you just like talking to little him and talking to little her. Like literally I'm, I'm picturing like four years old. You're like, I know that this isn't you. And I'm so sorry that these experiences shaped you this way. You know what I mean? But that's also, I I, I have a hard time because I don't, I want to say this with compassion, but that's also like a powerless mindset. Like you you don't have to just let these continue. Ex- mm-hmm, let these experiences continue to shape you. You have the power to stop it, and that's the hardest part, but the mm-hmm. most rewarding part. Yeah, and that's all I really want for them. At the end of the day, like mm-hmm. that's it's never gonna change. Like I'm just never gonna stop caring for them in that way. Yeah. And I've always thought that that was a curse. And no. I've always like there was a part of me that hated that about myself. Like I still mm-hmm. cared for them mm-hmm. in such a deep way. But, like, I'm, I'm, I'm done shaming myself yeah. into thinking that that's wrong. It's not. It's not wrong caring for somebody to want healing. I feel like that's a worldly thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's, that's truly, that, that's never going to change. That's all I want for them is just, like, for them to stop abandoning themselves mm-hmm. and really get, like, true healing and, and love in there and... And I don't even have to see it. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to be a part of your healing. And it used to hurt to, like, say that and to realize that. Mm -hmm. Because I did really love them. But I that's all I want for them. And I don't have to be a part of it. Yeah. Like, genuinely, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And I just know that, like, in heaven we're all gonna be fine yeah (laughs) but it is like it is like a grieving part to it because you care about these people so much and then they become like strangers yeah I mean it is like you said it's grieving it's grieving a loss because you did lose them yeah in a sense like physically they're still here but yeah and and that's the thing though is 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 Alexis can say this because she's been on both sides of that coin you know what I mean? Like she's experienced both. So she's like, I know what it's like. Like I completely understand where you're at right now, but I also know what it's like if you just choose something different. If yeah. you choose yourself, if you reach out for help, if you just take one tiny itty bitty step in that direction, like Alexis knows how transformative that is. Like, I I'm, I literally think about, like, the Christian term. Like, I remember we used to say, like, oh, you need to die to your old self, whatever. Like, what was it? Like, eh, oh. become new, you'll die to your old self, and you become new. Yeah, and everybody yeah. be like, yeah, Dying to yourself. that yeah. means you're not going to cuss and drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, to me now, and, you know, my perspective could be totally wrong, but, like, I honestly feel like we shedded our old selves. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Shedded like, our old old belief Belief. systems thoughts that weren't serving us anymore like things that were killing us yes and so like to me in my head I'm like that feels exactly what the scripture was saying we literally died to our old thoughts the patterns and thoughts that we came from the world came from from our destructive yeah yes Mm -hmm. and I'm like that's what I feel like and we've talked about it several times Alexis and I have been like ever since we've done that we've felt more connected to God than we ever have in exactly. our whole life. Now that I have a better understanding of myself, I was a, it allowed a deeper invitation for God's heart and love for me and his character. And now I feel I have a even more deeper understanding of God, but also a deeper understanding of his word. Yes. Like it just all connects. It does. And, and, and I think, and that's why I feel like Alexis said, like, there's just peace. Like, Really, there's just this feeling of peace and, like, understanding and knowing. Like, yeah. that's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why we are talking about this because we, we know, like, and we want you to feel that, too. Like, we want that for everybody, no matter what. Yeah. And I guess just, like, an ending to this episode, if you have found yourself resonating with any part of my story 
and you had a mother wound or a father wound, like, or just you feel like you're the scapegoat in your family. And it's just hard. Like family is just hard, especially y'all, especially around the holidays, you know, because, oh, Thanksgiving is when this episode comes out, Thanksgiving is like three days, days. four days, whatever. Yeah. Like it's just hard. And and I understand that on a deep level. Like, trust me, there's things that still I'm processing in my life yep. just from my family now in the present moment. So if you found yourself resonating and you see that you're, you've attracted like toxic relationship, toxic patterns back and forth here and there, my question is, is what are you going to do with this realization? You know, like mm-hmm. you don't have to stay in this. The lie that wants you to believe, I don't know if that makes sense, that sentence, but whatever, you get what I'm saying. It wants you to believe that you can, this is how it's always going to be. It wants you to stay powerless in this moment. Yeah. But the truth is, is like you can decide, hey, no more. I don't know what to do with it. Like, I don't know how to not be in this cycle. Mm -hmm. That means that you need to get practical tools. You need to get healing. You actually need to feel and get honest with yourself. You need to feel the gravity of it. And then so much comes from there. Yeah. And that goes on like listening to podcasts is really great. Crying in your, you know, closet or car or room. But you need to know what to do with that pain. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean by getting practical tools and what to do with it. Like, so go get a life coach. If you want me as your life coach, great. Or you can find somebody else as your life coach. You know, it doesn't have to be me. Get somebody. But it just starts with that, taking that first step of, like, what the alcohol people say. Like, the first step to it is admitting to it. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. But Something. you have to admit to it. You have to admit it. And then continue with the next step. So, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I'm thinking about it right now. But, like, we were talking about mirrors, relationships, all this stuff. and And honestly... Like, if you are just, like, how we were not aware <laughs> at all, really look at your relationships. Like, look at your relationships and how you function in those. And I feel like that tells you a lot about you. That can tell you a lot about you. Because yeah. often, like we were talking about, you do mirror. You do you do tend to gravitate towards the familiarity of what you got in your childhood home. Like Yeah. Like, I didn't start realizing my toxicity until I started realizing how I communicated to my ex. Like that was like my first alert Yeah, was how I was communicating to him. And even you even like, we even talked about like what we were not just talking about one ex here that she had that pattern with, like it was was more, you know what I mean? So really stepping back and kind of looking at your relationships can, can tell you a lot. So I challenge you to do that too. You can start there and just really analyze or just notice. Like you don't have to know the answers. Just notice how do I show up in these different relationships? How do I feel in these different relationships? I do want to say something else because I hear a voice in my head and it might just be me. Yeah. Say it. I heard this one, uh, this one show said that if a man's cheating on you, then that means you did something to cause it. No. And that, (laughs) that's another Another lie that they want you to believe, if a man's going to cheat, he's going to cheat. Because that's a his thing. Exactly. This woman can be the best. You could do everything possible to meet his needs, to be like the best little perfect little girl that didn't get her feathers ruffled or didn't, quote unquote, overreact or get emotional. And he'll still cheat on you because there are issues that are going on inside of him. Yeah. There's a war going on inside of him that nobody knows about, especially the person he lays with at night. Exactly. So we need to stop enabling the system that women are the cause of men's behaviors. Mm-hmm. That needs, y'all need to cut it out. <laughs> stop. Cut it out. Like, I'm, I'm so serious. I'm laughing, but that it, it's enough. Honestly, because I can just hear people say, well, maybe that's why you cheat because you're being aggressive. (laughs) No. Okay. I was wondering. Okay. I was waiting for you to tell me where where that thought comes from. (laughs) 
<laughs> no. You know? But that's not it. No. No, and it's not. It's no. not. There, there's so much more. I mean, ugh, there's so much nuance to it. So Yeah, there's so much more to it. So, yes. yeah, it just doesn't matter your behavior. It's just like. Exactly. Believe me, it can happen no matter what. No matter. <laughs> no matter what. We know. We are speaking from experience. Yeah. Literally. It's not just my experience we're talking about here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and you guys know. I've said it before. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay. Well, we All love right. y'all so much. Yes. Go get healing. Go, Go get... play also because yeah. it's been a couple of heavy, heavy epi- ep- well- episodes. <laughs> all right guys go play go get some healing and we'll just love y'all so much and have a happy thanksgiving yes enjoy all your food whether you're with family or you're not with family Mm -hmm. or with friends wherever Mm -hmm. you're at we hope that you enjoy your time and it's okay to create boundaries during the holidays absolutely 100 percent. that's what i'll leave you with listen to your heart yeah we love you we love you (laughs) have a good day we'll see you next week okay Bye. bye